Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning. It is Friday, April 14th. It is five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. We're glad you're joining us this morning. You can always follow along on YouTube. All you have to do is type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. Well, a lot of people are very worked up today over this video that was released by Accuracy in Media. A lot of Indiana administrators deceiving parents in order to push the principle associated with critical race theory, and they have been caught. Yeah, and we've been saying this for a long time on this radio show. We've given you very specific examples of where it is happening on this radio show. Hammer and Nigel have been all over this as well for a very long time. And look, when you see this video and you go see it for for yourself, I mean, it's about an eight minute long video. They do a very nice job of of, uh, of walking you through it and and what's happening, and they label who the people are. And the video is is very clear. And if you want to just search accuracy in media, you can find it on YouTube. Obviously, Fox News picked it up. Jesse Waters ran with it, mm-hmm. so you can see the whole thing for yourself. We've just been playing you a couple of of individual clips. When you see this video. Any reasonable person, I mean, look, there are always going to be people who are totally in the tank, who want the stuff taught, they want their kids indoctrinated, whatever. But any reasonable person would look at this and say, they are teaching CRT, they being public schools across the state, they are doing SEL, they are doing DEI, and they are doing it to indoctrinate your kid to be able to think along the lines and the way they want them to think so that as they become adults, they will interpret and most importantly vote the way we want them to interpret and vote things, vote for things. That's one side of it. And that's bad enough. If you did that publicly, it would be bad enough. But what they also admit in these audio clips is that they know what they're doing. They know it is unpopular with parents and they are manipulating mm-hmm. and in some cases, just outright lying about what they're doing so that you can't run interference. They believe, they being these public education lunatic radicals, we sometimes dub them the angry red-shirted teachers who were just at the state house yesterday. Mm -hmm. Uh, By the way, my favorite part yesterday was as I was leaving the facility, I saw one of these people. I saw a bunch. I actually took a picture. I was going to send it to you. (laughs) She had a sign, and I'm not kidding, Casey. Yeah. The sign said, I'd rather be teaching. Then go teach! (laughs) As though she is forced to come to the state house. Mm Mm-hmm. And abandon her kids in the classroom and be here and yell at Republicans for more money or to be able to teach little kids about sex or whatever the cause du jour of the moment was. But what you realize in this video is that they are manipulating you as a parent. 
even if you don't have kids in school. They're manipulating you as a taxpayer. They are lying and deceiving you, and that is what should enrage you more than anything. Yeah, these kids are not wards of the state. They don't own your children, although they think they do, and they don't want to get caught doing it. That's why you hear phrases like, under the radar, not calling attention, walking the line, don't want to cause red flags. Well... And they, and they are doing it. You've been found out. Right. They are publicly funded people. Our money pays a superintendent. Anybody in that school corporation, our money, for the most part, is paying their salaries. There are very few people who serve in the public education system who are not directly paid by the taxpayer. And they are using our money. They exist because we give them our money. And they are being dishonest with us. They are lying to us. Would, would you tolerate that as an employer if you had an employee because they work for us who not only was not doing what you wanted, that's bad enough, but then they're lying to you about what they're doing? No, you wouldn't tolerate that. So here is just one example of this. The, the uh, accuracy in media identify this person as Brad Shepard. They say he's the assistant superintendent at Elkhart. Take a listen. They're even talking about like relabeling social and emotional learning. Does that somehow become a yes. bad phrase? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it has become a bad phrase, and and um, we don't openly use that phrase, but we're still doing it. So, I mean, just to avoid anything. I mean, we have not really been hit with it, but just to even avoid it. Language arts is fun because you can do a lot with it. Like you can, you can even put it. the SEL exactly. in. Oh yes, language you can arts. Incorporate it very easily. That's right. Exactly right. They're clearly misleading people. Sure. And he admits they're doing it. Mm-hmm. I, th- this is what should just w- whether you are a Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Independent, apathetic, whatever. These people work for you and they're admitting on here. We are being deceptive and deliberately trying to avoid you as a taxpayer knowing what's going on in a publicly funded institution. But these people almost never get held to account. I'm going to go back to my little corner of the universe where I live. In 2015, the Brownsburg superintendent, I'll say his name, Jim Snap, hi Jim, stood in a theater full of people and said, we must raise taxes by $100 million or kids could be at risk of dying in the hallways. That was the, that, Casey, you know how I feel about government and that remains today of all the time I've been in this thing, around this thing, the grossest, most disgusting thing I've ever heard, but that's what they do. They use kids as human shields. You know what happened, Casey? That referendum failed. Not one kid has died in the hallway because of an active shooter because they didn't get to raise taxes by $100 million because after the referendum failed, they had to do it without raising taxes and they did all the construction without raising any taxes. But that guy still has a job, Casey. Mm -hmm. That dude is making six-figure money. Like, he's got a two in front of his paycheck with a six-figure money. His salary keeps going up. He should have been fired on the spot because he deliberately lied to parents to facilitate a massive tax increase that would empower and embolden him and the school corporation. Nothing happened. People never hold these superintendents, these administrators, these school board people accountable. I do not understand why we keep allowing this to happen. And what makes me want to just puke is these Republicans down the street from us at the Indiana General Assembly, the same people who have told you to kick rocks on your property taxes and are about to raise your gas tax again, they know it's happening too. But they are so fearful of those angry red-shirted teachers 
The same intellectual super giants who leave their kids to go to the state house and carry signs around that say, I'd rather be teaching. teaching. Yeah. They're so beholden to them that they will not do the one thing that would fix this, which is to make the school board elections like every other election in the state of Indiana and force somebody to put a letter next to their name. How much... How much pressure are these teachers? I'm sorry. Are you okay? No, I'm about are to. You, uh, I'm, I need a cough. That statement was so good, it took her breath away. Thank sorry, you. Sorry, I had a tickle that in my wonderful. throat. That was wonderful. Yes, go ahead. No, I'm wondering how much pressure these teachers get to join the union and how much, you know, like you have to do this. You got to pay. It's immense, but you don't have to go down to the state house, wear a red shirt and scream at people and then walk out with a sign that says, I'd rather be teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, that, 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 that doesn't exist at all. But ultimately we are to blame we it's it's we are to blame because school boards do not happen in a vacuum there's not a school board farm where you plant a little seed and the school board member grows out of the out of the out of the dirt mm-hmm. we elect these people and there are so many apathetic people and there's so many people who just vote based on well susie was the soccer mom or Joni bakes brownies for the key club. So we're going to vote for her versus, and they have no idea what Susie or Joni or Billy or Sam's what politics their thoughts are. are. Exactly. This is perfect example of this because as you know, I lived in Granger, Indiana for 25 yes. years. One of my neighbors is on the school board of PHM, former neighbor, uh, had no idea what her politics were. Still don't to this day, but I think I have an idea. This was posted to uh, Jim Banks's Twitter account last night, and he said, it's easier for school boards to ignore the law and push CRT than it is for concerned parents to say something about it, investigate. So this happened in September of 22, and this is a PHM school board meeting. Now, there's a member of the school board, and he is trying to raise an amendment to the agenda of the meeting. So he's trying to get something to be talked about at the meeting. On the the agenda. Right. That's all he's trying to do. And at one point, uh, one of the women, my former neighbor, stops and says, doesn't the superintendent have something to say? The superintendent chimes in and says, no, we only teach what is in the Indiana curriculum. This other board member goes on to say, you know, that's not true. You know, you put it in, you seep it in in other ways. You call it social, emotional learning, DEI, everything else. You rebrand it, you call it a work group. And then they go ahead and take a vote to amend the agenda and it doesn't get passed. This guy was only trying to get it on the agenda, not take a vote on whether they should ban CRT or not. He just wanted the ability to talk about it, and that got shut down. So here it is. This is the PHM school board meeting refusing to agree to a state ban on teaching CRT. There is no critical race theory in any of the Indiana academic standards. Uh, I understand you saying that, and I appreciate that, but if you do your research on this particular topic, you'll find that all of the so-called whistleblowers across the country that reveal that people who say exactly what you said, superintendents, principals, and so forth, will say that that's what they say, that it's not being taught. But yet, it is being um, embedded in our uh, schools in the form of, you know, um, lesson plans that embed tenets, the five tenets of CRT, into teaching. Now, I don't know if it's taught at Penn or not. I hope it's not. I know at one point there were some things that were done. I hope it's never taught here. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't have a rule against it. I mean, just because students are not late to your class doesn't mean you don't have a rule against tardies. So here we have a rule. I say we have a rule that says our standards, no CRT, period. That way, 
anyone who does it in the schools, they'll know they're doing the wrong thing. And if someone tries to get people to do it in some kind of SEL lesson or whatever, they say, hey, I'm not doing this. We don't do that here. Well, Mr. Garrett, right now, you're making an argument in favor of the resolution. There's been a motion for the resolution to be put on the agenda. Well, I was trying to answer his. Uh, there, there hasn't been a second yet. So what I'm calling That's for true. is: is there a second to amend the agenda to put the CRT resolution on the agenda? Motion fails for lack of a second. Well, again. <laughs> so yeah. we go back to the adoption. So there you go. All right, hey Casey, let's. Um, when we come back, I know we got trending stories we need to get to, mm-hmm. but I'd also like to talk about because the next challenge, now we have definitively proved the CRT, SEL, DEI stuff is going on in the schools. There's no doubt now it's happening. It's all over the state. And these accuracy and media people, that's the one thing they did. They went everywhere from Martinsville to Elkhart to Plainfield. I mean, yep. Carmel. North, Central, everywhere. South. So it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we've got to do a better job with is explaining to people why this is a big deal and why they need to be motivated. Because I think sometimes it gets lost as a buzzword and we don't do a great job of explaining to people what's actually happening and why they need to care about it. Because they hear the letters, oh, maybe that's bad. But if you don't understand why it's bad, that's not going to, it's not going to motivate, gonna motivate you. you. It's not going to motivate you. Yeah. I mean, being lied to, regardless of whether they're lying to you about the weather, should motivate you to go to the school board meeting and be upset because they're public people paid with your money and they're lying to you. That should do it. But if that won't, maybe we can start to articulate why you need to be motivated and be involved. Sounds good. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Eric Holcomb is releasing a a bunch of little videos online. These are about 30 seconds each. And in it, he's explaining slash (laughs) selling his budget. And just to infuriate Rob, I've I've had some (laughs) fun sprinkling them in throughout the morning. And here he is again. This time he's talking about public health. He says Indiana is due for a transformation. Let's increase funding to bring... Hoosier Health to the next level. It will take new action to get new results where public health is concerned. Our life expectancy in Indiana has declined in recent years, and that's a pattern we need to reverse. That's one of the many reasons why we must adopt the Public Health Commission's recommendations, including a significant increase in our state's public health appropriation. Nearly all of these dollars will be deployed locally, tailored to the unique circumstances of each community partner. Okay, so it was uh, interesting in that clip. He didn't mention the amount of money in all of the other clips. He has been specific. I want five hundred sure. million for this. I want one point one billion for that. Well, he asked for such a colossal amount of money. The reason he didn't mention it is even here's how much money he asked for. Even the general assembly was like, nah. 
I mean, it was like some ridiculous hundreds of millions of dollars. And they were like, no. Now, let's remind everybody. And I, you know, we are told government works, right? And we're a state that works, or at least that used to be the state slogan. And I don't know if it is anymore. But we have one of the largest socialized medicine programs in the entire nation. Now, we lie to people. Mike Pence lied. Mr. Truthman lied to everyone when uh, they expanded it. Uh, they, they did Obamacare. And Mike Pence wanted to run for president. And he didn't have the cojones to look everybody in the eye and say, I am a legalized vote buyer with the best of them. And so I'm being offered this federal money and I'm going to take it. But I also want to be president. So I can't do that. Expanding Obamacare. So he went to Obama and said, uh, we want to do Obamacare because I need to legalize vote buy, but I don't, can't call it Obamacare. And Obama goes, I don't care if you call it bananas. As long as you get people addicted to government freebies in the federal government, you can call it whatever you want. And so Mike Pence and Obama struck a deal and they called it HIP 2.0. It's Obamacare. It's a massive expansion of, of, uh, of Medicaid. It's the whole reason Holcomb would not come off the emergency declaration for two years because of the colossal amount of federal money, billions and billions of dollars that were coming into this state so he could expand socialized medicine. So the question has to be, you guys have one of the largest socialized medicine programs in the entire country you have people who are able-bodied people who work who depending on how they can manipulate a tax return and i say that many people do it legally i'm not saying anything nefarious it's just how the system works and the lack of oversight makes it very easy can get insurance for five or ten dollars a month and we pay for that casey because there ain't no free lunch and the hospitals aren't working for free so if you can't get it right with that why would we give you any more money? And why would we give money to the same local health departments that were in charge of being the goon squad during COVID? That's what Holcomb wants. Holcomb wants to embolden and grow the government when emboldening and growing the government has yet to work on this massive socialized medicine program that runs the state. It's unfortunate, too, because, as you call it, Obamacare 2.0 is not doing much for Hoosiers because right now, and you can read more about this on WIBC.com, Indiana is ranked the fifth worth worst state for children's health care in the entire country. Socialized medicine doesn't work. That's why it's not doing anything. But because you can go to someone and go, look at what I gave you for air quote free, the government, our government, the supposed Republican government, doesn't have the integrity. Well, they don't even have the integrity to be honest with people and say what our health public health program is is here we lie i mean isn't that funny we've been talking today about people lying and manipulating the public and gosh darn it casey where do you think the public school system learned it from (laughs) they learned it from the indiana general assembly and the governor of the state of indiana who every single day lie to people about one of the biggest costs of our tax dollars which is public health and we don't even tell them what it actually is so maybe we've maybe we've been directing our attention at the wrong place all day also trending this morning, we, we talked about this yesterday. Joe Biden has been in Ireland, and at one point during his trip, he wanted his son and his sister to be recognized. He asked them to stand. They got a, a standing ovation, and he claimed he was so proud of them. Well, here we go again. This is the redux. Here is Hunter and his sister getting applause at the Irish Parliament. My son Hunter is with me, and my best friend in the world, my sister Valerie, is with me today. And I want them to... Isn't that interesting? 
interesting that he calls his sister his best friend. I mean, that's that's nice for you know sibling love, but. I think most people would say that their spouse is their best friend. Well, here again, he continues to go out of his way to make sure that his son is recognized. uh, It is just an amazing. Well, but but again, it's the height of arrogance when this guy believes that no matter what he does or his family does, the media in this country, and then obviously since he controls the Justice Department in this country, will not do a damn thing to him. He's going out of his way to showcase Hunter Biden. Yeah. And it, you know what else is happening? It's happening on your dime. You're paying for that trip. Yeah. Um, all right, Casey, I, we've got a great last segment of the show today uh, that I want to make sure you know we give plenty of time for. And I know may, maybe Monday, I'm going to put this on the template for Monday because I want to make sure we have ample time to go into why the critical race theory thing matters and what's actually happening and why people need to be aware of it and why you need to get past the buzzwords and actually understand what they're doing to your kid and why it matters. So let's take a break. When we come back, Eric Trump was on, I think it was Newsmax yesterday and talked about why the left hates his dad so much and the Washington commanders are about to be sold. (laughs) They'll always be the Washington Redskins to me, Casey, but they're about to have a new owner. Well, as soon as they changed their name, they started underperforming. So that's on the way from 93 WIBC. Wouldn't it be with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Donald Trump was back in New York City yesterday. This time he was answering questions under oath for nearly seven hours. This was different than the 34 counts of falsifying business records that were brought on him by Alvin Bragg. This was the uh, New York Attorney General Letitia James's civil case against him. This case seeks a $250 million penalty. Of course, this is against the Trump Organization which is not only going against Donald Trump, but also Eric Trump and Ivanka Trump. So it's the whole gang on this one. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how Trump handles the legal system on all of these fronts, Mm -hmm. because that's the issue is that, I mean, there's many issues, but the major issue is he's got the thing in Georgia. He's got the civil suit in New York. He's got obviously the thing with Alvin Bragg in New York. He's got this other civil case against him. It is there's so many things they are throwing at him that only one of them has to get lucky to try to get something to stick. And even if it doesn't stick to make it to where it can totally, at least in the court of public opinion, really do damage to, to Trump. Although maybe at this point you can't do damage to Trump in the court of public opinion because anybody who is already wanting to believe that stuff is believing anyway. Maybe, maybe it's all baked in Casey. Maybe it doesn't matter anymore. Well, I'm not sure it matters to a lot of voters because I think what people are seeing with him is that they just keep attacking him. They just keep going after him. And he is carrying an entire MAGA movement on his shoulders, but he just keeps going. He just keeps... Most people at this point would tap out. They say, I'm done. I just... It's not worth it anymore. But not him. He just keeps going. All right. uh, Here is Eric Trump, the president's second son. Uh, I believe he was on Newsmax yesterday. And he talks about how the left can't break Trump and he fights back. And that's why they hate him so much. You you couldn't kind of couldn't have taken that left hook out of Tyson. You kind of can't take that out of Trump. (laughs) 
Trump wouldn't have survived two days in Washington, D.C. if he wasn't a fighter, if he wasn't willing to stand up to the police and, and frankly, punch back. And you've seen that with Jeb Bush, right? Mm -hmm. Did Jeb Bush ever throw a punch? No. And guess what? He put an exclamation point behind his name. They, they owned him. They owned him. They owned his party. I mean, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have lasted an hour under the fire that, that my father was under. And, and frankly, none of the candidates that are running right now would, would last an hour in this. Believe me, mm -hmm. if my father wasn't there, they'd be doing it to whoever was next in line. The difference is my father's a great fighter. And he's got the financial means that he can actually beat these people back, whereas, frankly, the other people would have folded, caved, you know, and, and, and frankly, done whatever they wanted. And, and you see that time and time again in Washington, D.C. People go in like tough guys and, you know, I'm going to make a great difference. And then they break them. They break them moment one, and they could never break Donald Trump. And frankly, it's why they're, they're mad. The other reason they're mad is he's leaving the Republican field by 35 points. Right? And, like, you know, no one else is even there to touch him. So they're doing the bidding of their guy in office who will likely be running against him, they're trying to disqualify him so Joe doesn't have to run against him. So his lawyer said that not only is he willing, but he's eager to testify in these cases. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Because he he wants to get his side out there. I'm guessing. <laughs> Just, man, and again. But he had a point. I mean, nobody else would have the financial wherewithal to keep going. Yeah, it, it, and again, I'm torn on this because there's a big part of me that says I want this guy to go forth and do well and win just to stick it to the left. Mm -hmm. But then I also am just drawn into the reality of how many people he turns off Yeah, and I do not think he can win. And so what do I do? I mean, there's a big part of me that says, man, yeah, stand and fight and you be the nominee and let's go and let's storm the Bastille and let's show these guys. But I don't think he can win. I don't think you can convince people who are out on Trump to vote for Trump. You don't think he, if it were just him and Biden, you no. don't think he can win against Biden? I think there are Biden. so many people who vote based on Twitter, and that's really a scary thing to say, mm -hmm. but I think there's so many people who vote on their feels that they would rather have the country destroyed, their lives made harder and worse, which has clearly happened under Biden. Than to vote for Trump. Than to vote for Trump. And that's a weird thing, it's, but it's a reality. It's 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 almost like the Jim Lucas thing with you and the Republicans. <laughs> like, they'd rather spite you yeah. than to do something about property taxes for Hoosiers. Isn't that a weird thing? I mean, and think about it. We keep coming back to this, that what's going on... Um, in our state with property taxes. And Jim Lucas, who's a state rep from Seymour, admitted this on social media that he said, we're not just going to do something. And I don't remember verbatim what the exact word was, but wordage was, but he said, we're not going to do something just to do something because then you, so, so, cause some guy comes on the radio and says it, cause then you'll take the victory lap, mm -hmm. but people are hurting. I'm not doing it to take a victory lap. I'm doing it cause I'm a citizen of this state. I'm a taxpayer in this state. I've lived my whole life here. I'm doing it because I care about my neighbors. I care about my dad who lives next to me. I care about the people who have been their neighbors for 35, 40 years. I know those people are hurting. It's not because I win. You guys win. That's what always amazes me about all of this is the politicians would be the winners. Oh, my gosh, you guys did so much to help us with property taxes, and now we can afford to stay in our homes. You guys are the best. Nobody's going to go Rob Kendall's the best. I'm going to come on here and have fun. I'm going to be number one whether you guys do something about property taxes or not. <laughs> do you know we're you're, number one? You're right. We are going to be number yeah, one. Yeah, no but, but, but it's just ludicrous, <laughs> though, that you have these people who are so self-absorbed that they would rather spite the radio guy. It doesn't. I mean, it punishes me the same way it punishes every other Hoosier. 
but it doesn't punish me any more or less. It just gives me something to talk about every day. Well, in regards to Trump, I'm kind of in your camp where I think this has been a total witch hunt and he is proving how the Biden administration is weaponizing the justice system. So on that side, yeah, I want to see him succeed. But there's the other side of me who has seen Ron DeSantis firsthand in Florida, and I hope that he will announce. And I'd really like to clear the table and not have the Biden or Trump feud last any longer. Michael Cohen, by the way, who Trump is suing for $500 million, Mm -hmm. has started a GoFundMe page to raise money to fight Trump. So far, uh, let's see here. He had just under 1,000 donations and he raised $34,000 out of his $100,000 stated goal. So that was like $3.4 per person? <laughs> I'm giving you $3.4 here. Congratulations. Isn't it interesting, though, the cl- decline of Cohen in all of this? I mean, the guy went to prison. Mm-hmm. He was worth $100 million when this whole dealio started. And now he's supposedly worth, what, like a million dollars or something? I mean, he's lost a huge amount of his net worth and went to prison. And I hope coming after Trump was worth it for you, buddy, because he basically put a target on himself. Yeah, he made a million and a half on his book deal, but he owes the IRS a million and a half. So that's a wash. How do you owe the IRS a million and a half dollars? Yeah, well, at one point, like you mentioned, he was worth half or $100 million. So maybe they're back taxes. Let's talk about what's going on. Speaking with of the- t- tax, t- taxes, you know who's going to owe some taxes? The dude who owns the commanders. Yeah, this is incredible. So Josh Harris and Mitchell Rails, this is a group led by these two, and they have an agreement in principle to buy the Washington commanders from Dan Schneider for $6 billion. That's with a B. So let's put this in perspective. I believe the previously la- previous largest purchase of an American sports franchise was the Walmart guy bought the Denver the Broncos. Broncos. Yeah, four point six five billion. I believe that was last year. So this will be about one point four billion above that. Now here is my thing on this. Dan Snyder bought that team for $800 million in 1999. So he's going to make $800 million in 1999. So he's going to make roughly $5.2 billion before taxes on the sale of this franchise. That franchise has been a dumpster fire the entire time he's owned it. They've been in the news for all the wrong things right. basically the entire time he's owned it. Toxicity! He has been under investigation for years now as a relation to owning owning it. Like everything about this franchise has been a failure, and yet he's going to make $5.2 billion. Yeah, with a ton of money. What does that say about our society that you can just, just be about the worst of everything at something? And still walk away with $5.2 billion. Well, and their record has been awful ever since they, they switched to the commanders from the Reds. Well, they were it's awful just, before. That doesn't matter. They've been awful the whole time he's owned. I think they made the playoffs three, something like three or four times in, in the 23, four years he's owned this team. Casey, he's been a failure at everything. What message does that send? You know, when you tell little kids, work hard and mm-hmm. believe in yourself and do things the right way. And that's how you'll get ahead in life, little, little Johnny. And then this guy... Gets a big old paycheck at He's the end of the day. He's basically a complete scumbag who is his team stinks too. Well, and you know what? To bring this to a local level, his selling of the team 
could partially be credited to Jim Ursay because he's the one who said there is some merit to remove him oh, from you, ownership. You mean Jim Ursay and the problems he? Do we have, we don't know. We don't have time to go into the problems Jim Ursay said. <laughs> I'd also like to point out Jim Ursay inherited the team from his dad and got a free stadium because the uh, taxpayers of this state, with uh, the legislature leading the way, are a bunch of suckers. So Jim Ursay is going to stand on a moral high horse against anyone. Do we need to talk about his record? Well, it was, record. it was thought that maybe they were Snyder was just going to bring in some new investors and he was still going to stay with the commanders. But then after no, a few weeks, they said, they said no, go. he wants to be completely out. Now, the guy who this group, the one guy, um, uh, the, the two guys, Harris Harris, and this guy named David Rawls. Blitzer, have owned the 76ers since mm. 2011, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the New Jersey Devils since 2013. Casey, it just seems like the rich keep getting richer. WTRV reported that uh, Magic Johnson was in this deal. Yeah. He's like... 0.1% of it. It's, it's, it's something. All right. That's when, a headline grab. When we come back, our, our new week ending session uh, segment. Mind your manners. Yes, Susan Beckwith will be with us. We're going to talk about the etiquette on defriending people off Facebook. It's next with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis, it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's time to mind your manners with Susan Beckwith. WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Casey's here. And you know, Casey, we announced last week that we have decided we have to end our week on a positive note. Mm-hmm. And who better to help us with that than Susan Beckwith? Yeah, that's absolutely right. So she's a former Miss Indiana. She now runs a very fabulous website called Bell of the Midwest. And our goal each week is to send you into the weekend with a smile on your face and some tools on how to have better etiquette in society so that you can be better people than Casey and myself. So let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline and welcome in Susan Beckwith. All right, Susan. So the topic today is how to deal with people on social media, mainly how to and when to rather defriend someone on Facebook. Now you are beloved by everyone. Surely you have never actually had to defriend someone on social media or been defriended. You know, I have, and I I rarely unfriend someone myself. I if I have, um, it's usually due to Micah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, only because you know we are our own individuals. We have our own independent thoughts, but we are a team. And so, if there is somebody that is being incredibly disparaging against him, you know, I don't do it lightly because you know I never want to be unkind or hurt anyone's feelings but i also feel like if those people are you know putting that out there they're probably not 
you know, individuals I want to have a front row seat to my life. It seems like social media has devolved into the cesspool of awfulness <laughs> in which anyone at any time feels they can say things that they would never actually say to your face. Now, I am uh, awful and I'm in a cesspool. But the thing is, Susan, mm-hmm. I will say it all to people's faces. I don't say anything on social media. I wouldn't say directly. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, I got a very high bar to get defriended or blocked on social media. You got to really push some buttons. But what's kind of for a normal person, some guide post people should use on whether to keep people in their social media life well i'm gonna i want to make sure that i say this correctly but you are at number one in the key money demographic is that how you yes yes we're yes. number one in the money demo yes money demo. Well, yes. welcome to number one in the money demo bell of the midwest yes. so i'm sure all of them are very very tech savvy but i do feel like there might be some other individuals that could use a, a quick review yes. regarding Facebook versus unfollow and unfriend. So unfollow, you basically have the ability to not see their post or snooze that individual. So that's a great feature. So if you're just needing a break from, from that person. So unfriending is like a true breakup, you know, mm. where you are no longer connected in any form or fashion. And so I would say some instances where an unfriending may happen, you know, in regards to, you know, a, a breakup, uh, perhaps you were with an organization and you had added all of these friends and these are really people that you don't want to stay connected to in the long haul, you know, or perhaps there is actually a fallout that is just beyond repair. Those are situations that I could see warranting and unfriending. But I think what's important is that you think about it. You don't do anything impulsive and you're just aware that there may be some ramifications down the line. There was actually a study out of the University of Colorado, Denver. (laughs) I found this really interesting. It said that 40 percent of people, once they have learned that you've unfriended them, will go out of their way to avoid you. What? Yes. Like in society, like if they see you in society, they would go out of their way to to not say anything to you? Yes. 50% said that it wouldn't make a difference. 10% were unsure. So maybe that's your goal is that, you know, you want to potentially avoid that person. But in work settings and work situations where you have to have interaction, that may prove to be very difficult. So I, I would say just caution, I would caution, say do it, you know, with a lot of thought beforehand. I do believe there are situations where it's warranted, but there are some ways to do it in a fashion that I feel like is a little more kind and considerate. Okay. What it, what are those ways? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I would just do it quietly. I don't think you need to make a big deal about it. I have seen individuals in the past that have said, I'm getting ready to do a big Facebook purge. Hope you make the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they. Oh, yeah. Where like where they announce? They say if you if you see this post tomorrow, consider yourself lucky because you made the cut. Exactly. Uh, so I would just do it and not make a big deal about it. Also, you know, in some instances, I I do think it, you know it wouldn't be a bad idea to go to that person beforehand. And that, as a believer, is something that I've really struggled with because in Matthew eighteen it talks about that. Like if you have an offense with somebody, go to them. And you know, if this is somebody that you are not all that close with or haven't had a lot of shared life you know, you're not going to probably fret too much about it. But if it's someone you've had a lot of history with, you know, that is something that if you're bold enough to do that, you may want to do that beforehand. All right. 
So well, I was just going to say real quick, Susan Beckwith is our guest. The segment is called Mind Your Manners, mm-hmm. and we're doing this every Friday at 1145. It's a happy way to send you into the weekend. It's a way you can go into the weekend with some better manners and understanding of societal norms. Her website, by the way, did you know Susan was a former Miss Indiana? I heard that. That's how big time our show is. She's mm-hmm. the 2005 uh, former Miss Indiana. Her website now is bellofthemidwest.com. We're going to let you talk about that in just a second. Casey, go ahead. All right, Susan. Now, here's the situation. What if there is someone in your life that you you have to deal with, whether it's on a, a daily, monthly, you know, let, let's just hypothetically say maybe an in-law. Mm-hmm. But, but you don't agree with them politically, yet they continue to post political things that you just don't want to see anymore. What do you do in that situation? Do you, do you unfollow? Do you unfriend? I mean, you can't break up with them in your life, <laughs> but can you right. break up with them on social media? You know, that's a situation where that unfollow feature is really great. The only thing that is tricky about it is that you will not see their content, but they can still see yours and they can still interact with your content. So if you post something, they will still have the ability to comment. So that is tricky. So that is a situation where it's kind of like, how high is your tolerance? And so if it's something where you're just like, I'm at my wit's end with this, that's a situation where I think you go to that person and say, hey, I love you. You know, I just need to go ahead for my own sanity (laughs) Mm -hmm. to unfriend you on Facebook. But, you know, and here are the reasons why. But I know that's very difficult and awkward for some. And so it's a challenge. All right. So this and this is interesting because my wife does not have social media. And I am envious of her because all the shenanigans and stupid stuff that I am privy to on a daily basis, she has no idea. Like, none of those things happen. They don't distract her. She's not bothered by them. There really is maybe some merit, Susan, to saying maybe we should all just get off the social media. And I realize I'm being a total hypocrite by saying that because I have used social media for years and years and years. But she seems like a happier person because none of these people actually exist. Yes, I I have done Facebook fast or, you know, breaks from social media. And it is really amazing just to to take a step back. And I think that's a healthy thing to do for everybody from time to time. And when you do that, do you announce it to the world? I'm taking a break from social media. No, I, I typically don't. I just am, you know, pretty quiet about it. And uh, But I have seen others that, you know, and maybe that's because they want you to know, hey, if I don't respond or if I'm not engaging, this is why I'm, I'm not seeing your, your content. Tell us about the website. The website is Bell of the Midwest. Of course, you have, in addition to being Miss Indiana, you've written columns, you've done all sorts of media over the years, and now you have this website. Tell us about it. Yes. So I've always had an affinity for the South. I was very close with my grandmother, who was originally from Arkansas, spent a lot of time growing up myself in Southern Kentucky. And so I just loved all of that really Southern bell culture. But I'm proudly from the Midwest. And so that's how my business, uh, you know, I came up with the name Bell of the Midwest. It started out, I was doing fashion and writing a column for Kit Magazine and then kind of shifted the focus away from fashion into a growing interest of mine, which was which is etiquette. And so when we go there, what do we get? Like, you teach us all these things that we're doing each week there at Bell of the Midwest? Yes. So I cover typically uh, social uh, social etiquette, social graces. 
And so you can go there and you can see some blog posts, some of my past articles from Kit Magazine. It's also a great way to connect with me. I am doing some speaking engagements. I have a mother-daughter tea coming up with the Noblesville Park Department in May. So it's a good way to connect with me. And I'm also on social media on Facebook and Instagram under Bell of the Midwest. See, this would be great, Casey. I think I need to take a course because we've long talked about how maybe I could better describe what's going on when I'm angry at the politicians. Like, you know, when I say, I look at a state rep and say, you're an asshat who doesn't care about the public at all. <laughs> Susan maybe could come up with a better way for me to do that. She's like a thesaurus of grace. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Mike and I have this conversation often about you can attract more bees with honey than with vinegar, mm-hmm. but... Sometimes when you're engaging with the left, there is no rhyme or reason. And it doesn't seem to matter how kindly you say it. But uh, that is uh, typically my adage, that you can attract more bees with honey than with vinegar. Susan, (laughs) you did a wonderful job singing the national anthem, which I posted to my social media on Twitter, Casey Daniels 317. And everybody just loved it. You were getting glowing reviews saying what a beautiful voice you have. Well, thank you so much. Yes, that was uh, quite the surprise, but I'm always honored to sing the national anthem. Great. Now do Inagata DeVita. Ready, set, go. <laughs> uh, Susan Beck with the segment is Mind Your Manners. We do it every Friday, 1145 here on the program. Bellofthemidwest.com is the website. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great weekend. And that's going to do it for us. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. Good job today. And thank you for listening. We're going to count on you to be back here on Monday. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Have a great weekend.